Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople, welcome to the podcast. Today, it is my great pleasure to have Gary Smith on the podcast. Welcome, Gary. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it should be should be a fun conversation. Gary is the Senior Director of Inside Sales and Sales Development at Informatica. I think a lot of people have heard of Informatica. Uh, they are an enterprise cloud data management company. You know, we avoid going too much into what companies do, but I, can you give me an example of what an enterprise cloud data management company is? Definitely. Uh, so here at Informatica, we work with anything data. Uh, so we, we help our, our customers get all of their data together into one place. And then as a next step, we make sure that it's, it's good data, it's clean data, quality data. Then as a next step, we, we help our customers make sure that only the correct people have access to the appropriate data. Uh, we help make sure that they kind of comply with specific regulations out there in the marketplace, like maybe GDPR or, or CCPA. And then once we've made sure the data is in one place, it's quality data, it's governed correctly, then we apply artificial intelligence to help them make better decisions based on that data so they can go expand into different marketplaces uh, most effectively or make better decisions as to marketing campaigns, advertising campaigns. Um, so really, we help customers anything to do with data in the full life cycle. Cool. That, well, that, that makes a lot more sense to me. Well, we're not going to talk about uh, data management. Instead, we're going to talk about SDR management today, in particular, how to scale up uh, your team. I know you've got I think about 23 now SDRs over there uh, on, on your team directly. Growing that over time, obviously, is a, is a complex topic and something I'd love to talk to folks about. So I, I know we'll get into things like hiring and enabling and, and I guess, expectation management. Before we do that, I do want to geek out with you a little bit on sales books because I'm always looking for new things to read. Uh, and I'd love to share book recommendations with the listeners. So I'll ask you the what may be the toughest question of the day, which is what is your favorite sales book of, of all time and, and what did you learn from it? I, I think the, the one that really has stood out to me and, and had a, a big impact in my career is not necessarily correlated directly with sales. It's a, a book written by an author, Robin Sharma, Leader Without a Title, really resonated with me as I started and embarked on my own management leadership career. Um, at Oracle as well as here at Informatica, because my own approach is people are the most important asset that we have. And we have to do a great job of um, not just hiring great talent, but once they're on board, like investing in them, coaching, develop. And then that way we can retain folks for the long term. So it's really putting people first and, and not getting caught up in a title or my own title within an organization. Everyone truly has the ability to be a leader. And that's how I, I, I try and build our organization is to empower everyone to be the CEO of their own business. And whether you're in day one or five years of your career, um, I want you to come forward with an idea, be it fully baked or half-baked, because that idea could really impact our org and, and, and our overall success. So that, that's a book that's maybe not directly correlated with sales, but has had a, a really big impact in just my overall philosophy uh, within sales leadership and, and how I approach the business on a daily basis. You know, it's interesting how leadership in general has changed over time with more of this servant leader concept. Yeah, it really is how how people operate a bit differently than they than they did before. But I, I think as we get into holding SDRs accountable, we'll talk a little bit about 
you know, how, how to position yourself uh, pr- appropriately, appropriately as a leader. Let's transition into that SDR uh, scaling topic that we're, is a focus of our of our show today. I mean, I guess the, the logical place to start is hiring. I, I know from having spoken with you in the past, you guys, like many others, are starting to take an increasingly data-driven approach to hiring. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how you've changed your hiring philosophy to integrate more data in your in your decision making? I, I think it's starting with not just in my current role, but past roles as well, looking at who, who are the, the individuals on our team that are having most success. Um, and, and with Apple Leverage in, in the past, a, a lot of assessments, there's so many out there from Divine to the, the Myers-Briggs type indicator to DISC, for example. Uh, there's Kuru out there, I think, previously um, to really determine what are the, the core attributes of, um, of top performers on our team. Um, so that was my starting point. Previously, it was five attributes. Now it's six attributes that I want to identify within a specific candidate. Uh, the six attributes that, that we've identified and we hire against at the moment are, does this individual have an, a, an achiever mindset? So are they very goal-driven, goal-oriented? Are they um, competitive? So have they been previously in a competitive environment? That could be in a professional setting or perhaps at university or school. Um, are they coachable? So have they demonstrated in the past um, being able to take feedback, um, integrate that into their, their world, have even greater success? Um, the next one would be prior success. So whatever they've done, do they have a, a track record of success? Business acumen would be the fifth. So I don't necessarily look for folks, although we have a technology sale, I don't necessarily look for folks to join the team who are very technical, but folks who can really put themselves in the shoes of the persona that they're reaching out to. So we reach out to IT, but also a bunch of other lines of business too, like marketing, finance. Can they adapt their talk track based on those individuals? The last one is curiosity. So what types of questions is this individual asking? Have they done some research in advance uh, prior to the interview, the conversation? Are they thoughtful in their approach? Because for me, that's really a sign is, as to how they may translate to prospecting calls with, with a customer or a potential prospect. Um, and then from those attributes, we've formulated specific questions to help identify. And then we've built that into a scorecard, which I use and my managers use on, on each of our conversations. And then uh, after we, we have our interviews, then we get together, we brainstorm on our, our takeaways from the conversations with an individual. And that's how that's really what helps us come to a final decision if that, that person may be a good fit for the team. I mean, it would take too long to tear through all of them. But of the six, is there a, a particular one that you think you do see a lot of variation amongst the candidates you talk with? And, and what kind of question do you ask for that particular attribute? Maybe starting with the first one is that achiever type mindset. I really see an interview as an exploration, almost like a discovery in a way uh, to learn about this individual. So some of the questions that I would ask, I would start at the macro level and then go beneath the surface to get specific details. And an example could be what what was the last campaign that you ran within your territory uh, to generate net new incremental pipeline? Um, and then from there, starting to drill down a little bit more um, to ask around what was the process you used or what criteria did you use to identify the prospects or customers that you would target in that campaign? How many targets did you identify? Who were the personas that you identified for that campaign? What were the goals that you set for, your, for the campaign at the very beginning? 
um, how did you end up against those goals? So it's very much starting at the, the high level and then really it's, it's almost like a, a discovery call going into the, the, the underlying reasons why you were doing that campaign, the, the, the process that you took in order to set goals, your decision making, anything that you needed to refine along the way and what were ultimately the results of, of that outreach. Um, that helps you get a really good feel for a person's um, go-to-market, how they think about their business, and how that could translate to, to our world, because that's something we really look for. Have you reached the point where you've had enough candidates come in that you've been able to assess whether the, the, the instrument that you're using, the scorecard that you're using, is actually predictive of success, or that's, that's down the road after you've got more coming in and going out? I think over time, um, initially, uh, because... Uh, just over around 18 months ago, our organization was brand new. So I was our first team member and then we grew from there. But for me, I have goal of, of getting under uh, 10% attrition on an annual basis um, within the organization. So with our first year, we had right at 10% attrition for a brand new organization. So for me, that was a good uh, indicator of success in the approach that we were taking and the attributes that we were looking for um, were the right attributes. And then I correlated that to our overall success as an organization against our revenue goals for the first year. And that's something I'm continuing to look for specifically to our SDR organization that just joined about three months ago. Similar type of metric around attrition. And that's going to be a, a real early indicator for me as to are, are we identifying the right folks uh, for the role um, here at Informatica. I, I think it's an uh, incredible goal on the to have attrition be your goal for a lot of reasons. And that 10% rate is is an aggressive rate, especially for SDRs. I think the benchmarks out in the industry are, you know, at least 30 to 40% uh, attrition amongst SDRs, which is it is hard to run an organization when you have attrition that that high. So if you can crack the code on getting the right people in, training them, and you know arming them with the right things to succeed to keep that attrition under ten percent, I think that's that's pretty amazing. A, a little bit of a digression, but I'm always looking for uh, you know tips and tricks and how tos to share with people. And I love the question that you referenced with the achiever mindset. The what was the last campaign you ran in your territory? It just made me wonder, if we, like for you guys. If you think about campaigns you guys have run that have been successful, what are what's what are maybe an example of of an, an interesting or unusual thing that you guys have done to to generate pipeline? We're always trying new campaigns and approaches all the time to see what's working, uh, what's not working. So we, we we're definitely big proponents of having a a multi-channel, multi-touch approach here at Informatica. So incorporating email voicemail, as well as we've tried out video, as well as handwritten notes. So that's specifically the handwritten notes is an area where we've, we've started to see some success. And some folks may look at it as very old school, just in the, the day and age that, that we live in. How do you send those out? Are you, are you mailing them? Yeah, FedEx or just a, a, one of the books that has circulated quite a bit in our organization. Um, it was recommended by our president um, in one of our recent all hands when our SDRs onboarded was selling to veto. And uh, our reps really took it to heart. And we had one gentleman that, that came up based on his campaign with um, these veto letters. So very important top officer letters based on how we think we can we, we, we can help out or how we've helped out and bought uh, a bunch of just white envelopes, a bunch of stamps. And uh, as he was going through his cadence, as he got to that point, uh, just popped the, the letter 
a personalized letter into the envelope, drops it off at our, our, our mailbox and, and send it out. So it's, it's very, yeah, it's pretty old school, I guess, in today's day and age, but I think a very personalized approach that, that we maybe don't see a lot of nowadays. Yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about slow prospecting, the, the things that everyone's doing, right? The 16-step cadence with eight emails and X number of dials and X number of LinkedIn touches uh, or social touches. You know, it's, it's hard to get through. There was, there was I read a, a new report that was released by a conversation intelligence company this past week, and it said it takes 100 dials and however many emails and social touches that go along with that to get one meeting. And, you know, if you if it's also an equivalent number, let's say it's, you know, 100 emails also and maybe 20 to 50 social touches, obviously all not with the same person, right? But if the world has changed enough and prospects are so uh, numb to those techniques that we have to do new things, and, and maybe some of those new things are old, like the handwritten note. It's a really great point. I think we live in a world now where there's 10, 20 other Garys, like today, trying to get in touch with the same person across many different services or, or, or products. And the, I think the more we can differentiate ourselves, maybe do something that's a little different to the, the competition, uh, it's not guaranteed success, but I think it definitely increases the chances of success. And I think in today's world, we get so caught up in just so many cool technologies out there. Um, we get caught up in the technology world that sometimes we, we think, uh, we often forget about maybe what brought success in the past. And it's maybe not just a handwritten note, but you see so many articles uh, and debates on cold calling or just the phone itself and and how it, it should be leveraged more nowadays. Um, I, I don't think it ever went away. It's just we, we have so many other potential distractions that, that have taken over. Before we get back on the SDR track uh, or maybe a transition back to it, you manage both SDRs and inside sales teams. Um, Talk to me a little bit about like how that happened and what differences there are between running those two teams. I, I think starting out just over a year and a half ago, when, when I joined the Informatica team, it was a unusual, I, I think anyways, an unusual situation where in, in the industry that, that, that we live in today, most folks have inside sales organizations or SDRs. But at that time, a year and a half ago, Informatica did not. Um, so... Uh, and it really stemmed with our, our move to the cloud and the subscription-based model. Um, so that really drove the need and, and, and business reason for introducing an inside sales team that could handle higher volumes of transactions and really scale. Well, we had really good success in, in our first year or just under our first year. And with our own business model, our, we have two main focus areas, new, net new market share and expanding share of wallet. Um, the next evolution was how can we get more at bats not just for inside sales but the broader field sales organization so that stemmed the conversation around sales development and in introducing the team just just over a quarter ago so for me there's a lot of similarities in both really the core function of our inside sales team and the absolute function of the sales development team is outbound prospecting so how can you engage with our customers or prospects to identify incremental pipeline so very much a lot of similarities in the training, the enablement, 
um, the metrics that, that we hold the teams accountable to. The, the main difference for inside sales, of course, is the latter stages of the sales cycle. So exposing them to like the budget type conversations, getting more in depth into the decision, navigating the decision making process, the final presentation, and actually understanding the tools and processes to bring a deal to close. Um, so that's... For the most part, I would say the role is very similar outside of that latter stage sales cycle. And it's an area I really want to grow with our SDR org. So once our SDRs become more of tenure, so introducing a, a sales development program because the sales development reps are going to be our next funnel of inside sales team members. They're our bench. So how can I introduce our sales development reps sooner to the latter stages of the sales cycle uh, so that once they do transition into the inside sales team, they can hit the ground running? You mentioned tenure, like the 12-month threshold. Do you determine promotion eligibility from SDR to inside sales based on tenure or based on achievement metrics or a combination of the two? A combination of both. Um, so we, we look for our SDRs to be in, in role and have consistent success for 18 to 24 months. So how we've built out the progression for our sales development team is based over a phase model. So we essentially have four phases of, of sales development team member. So phase one, of course, is, is day one in the role. Ultimately, the, the career path is to move into that inside sales role uh, around the 18 months mark. But in between, we have little micro promotions along the way based on tenure as well as performance. So progressing to phase two, phase three, and phase four would be a senior sales development rep at 12 months. But in order to make that progression, you have to the, the team have to consistently exceed 100% of non-weighted attainment metrics. Um, quarter over quarter to be eligible to make that transition. So it's not just based on tenure, but we have that the, the element of performance in there as well. And do you, for performance, do you use the usual thing people do, which is qualified opportunities, or are you doing it based on meetings or pipeline? How, what are you basing that performance on? And right now we have two, two core metrics that their variable compensation is based on. So the first is sales accepted opportunities. And we have defined criteria that we leverage across sales development as well as inside sales as to what is actually a, a qualified opportunity. And then the second is on completed meetings. So completed meetings that the SDR completes, essentially discovery type conversations on a weekly basis. So those are the two primary um, components that we look at. Um, I looked at maybe having a pipeline dollar amount initially, but it's a brand new organization. I really want to see, are we identifying incremental opportunities? If we're identifying good opportunities, then the dollar amounts will, will come with it anyways. So that's an incompleted meetings versus scheduled meetings. I think it's for sure difficult to schedule a meeting, uh, but it's, for me, it's not a true indicator of success. I, I want to make sure that those meetings are actually taking place. So I, I look at the core measurement is completed meetings, but I also look at scheduled meetings to meeting completion and what is that ratio and are there, there meetings perhaps falling out? And if so, we, we can dig in there. But the, the two components are uh, sales accepted opportunities and meetings completed. Yeah, so much to unpack in there. First of all, I love going kind of backwards. I, I love that you're looking at that scheduled to completed metric because the no-show, there are a lot of things that you can do to proactively pre prevent no-show. Is there anything that you guys do in particular to, to minimize no-show? Yeah, I, I think it's 
trying to, on the initial call or, or that initial prospecting call when you're scheduling that next call, um, we coach our team to, to almost try and unsell the next meeting so, and really just ask the question, like, is there any reason why you think you or perhaps your, the team members that, that we've talked about are not going to be able to attend this meeting? So using that as a validation and then also confirming the agenda on that call and then following up right after. So in the agenda, what we look for to confirm over the phone and in email within the email invite is really the purpose of why the the conversation is actually going to take place. Um, what are the, the customer's expectations and agenda for that call? Then what, what's our expectations and agenda on, um, on the sales side? And then what's also the intended outcome of, of that meeting. So in a perfect world, if everything works out, what, what would be a good next step? Or perhaps we find out that it's not a good fit to continue the conversation at this time. So making sure that specifically the customer has um, like a skin in the game and a, a true reason to be on that call by understanding why they're taking the meeting, why they're taking the call. And then also following up in advance of the meeting, maybe two days before, just to verify and check in. Mr. And Mrs. Customer, we have um, meeting scheduled on Friday um, at 1 p.m. Here's the agenda um, and, and just getting affirmation or confirmation that they're still good. Um, one thing that I would love to try, we haven't tried it yet, is actually leveraging video to be able to do that follow up. So maybe a couple days before um, the meeting, the, the, the SDR inside sales team member, maybe a 30 second, 45 second video that they can send to the customer just thanking them for the previous conversation and going through that agenda schedule with them and making sure that they're still good to go. We haven't tried that, but that's something I'd, I'd love to try to see if that perhaps decreases the amount of no-shows or, 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 or scheduled to completed conversion ratio. I, I love all of those, all of those tips. There were, there are two more that I read recently that I thought were really powerful that we're, we're doing on our team. Um, one of them is, that you get the prospect to actually accept the meeting invite while they're still on the call. And the other one, which I thought, which I thought was super clever, is to ask them for their cell phone number and just say, hey, I'm not going to put it in CRM. You know, we're not going to bother you. I'm just going to use it to you know, do a last-minute confirmation. And, and uh, so we're, we're testing that out too and seeing how receptive prospects are to that because that way you can you know, text them as the follow-up just before the meeting, which I think is, is pretty powerful. Moving on from the hiring side, now you got to kind of coach and enable these people. So just love to get a few tips on and thoughts on how you coach and enable people to, to be successful. And then the, the last thing we'll get to is that thing we talked about earlier, which is holding them accountable. But let's, let's pause in the accountability thing and just talk about some of your, your frameworks and approaches for enabling and coaching newly hired SDRs. I guess as a starting point, um, with our SDRs coming on board, as well as our, we have new SDR managers and a director as well. Um, as our org scales, I want to ensure that that we have a consistent approach to how we coach and enable, not just on sales development, but inside sales too. So for me, it's looking at the the coaching cadence that we have in place with our team members, and making sure that that's that's consistent across all of our teams. So starting out on the calendar every week, same day and time, in, in perpetuity, each sales development team member has uh, a weekly one-on-one with their manager. Um, they also have a separate call coaching session um, with their manager. And then also a defined team meeting uh, where it, it, the goal is to 
share best practices, successes, challenges, brainstorm how we can get better in addition to, to covering some of the numbers and, and performance. And then as a next step is what what is the structure of those meetings and what do they look like? Again, I want to have them be as consistent as possible. So for our call coaching session, based on our sales methodology, we've come up with a call coaching scorecard and really five criteria that we want to measure against. And those that criteria is comfort, context, transition to pain, develop pain, and transition to the next call. And within each of those steps, we we provide the reps what good actually looks like um, in advance. So during our initial onboarding training, we say, these are the steps. This is what we're going to coach on. And here's what good looks like. So they have a, there's no mystification. And then um, during our call coaching sessions, each of our managers would coach and provide feedback and get feedback from the team members on those specific areas. And then similarly for the one-on-ones, we, we have a framework that we use as well. It, it, it's, it's grow. So really, what are the goals that you have or had since our last one-on-one? The R is the reality of the situation. So how are you doing against those goals? How did you do? Um, the meat of the conversation is really around the O, which are the options. So that's really discovery. For me, coaching is really a discovery process and helping our, our team members or our reps understand obstacles or roadblocks that are inhibiting even greater success. So that's where the meat of the conversation takes place. And then the, the W is the will, which is essentially the, the firm future commitment for the next one-on-one. So based on what we've talked about, what, what are you going to do differently or what are you going to keep doing and what goals are we going to start our next meeting with? I just really want to ensure that as a management team, we're really consistent and we're delivering a consistent experience to our team and being as helpful and productive as we can in the time that we have together. Excellent. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to bring things full circle with the, the kind of last line of questions I had for you, which is around holding SDRs accountable. How do you ensure that you know they understand that that you care deeply about them, but that also they are accountable to certain goals? I think it starts from really the first day, like day one, where we have a concept of a, a cookbook. So essentially, what, what's the recipe for success in your role, either as an SDR or inside sales team member? So we, we really outline this is your goal on an annual basis, a quarterly basis. And what are the, the minimum committed behaviors that you need to do based on the conversion rates that we've seen historically on our team or organization to get there? I, I meet with our team members um, and I share what, what's our charter? Like, why are we here as an organization and how do we fit in to the, the bigger company? Because I never want anyone guessing, like, what's my role or how do I fit in? So I, I'm very, I, I make a point of clearly articulating this is our charter. We're here to drive incremental pipeline that can convert to incremental revenue for the business. In addition to that, it's also a focus to hire and develop great talent. And you're one of those team members that we want to invest in and develop. If people do want to learn a little bit more about you, want to learn a little bit more about maybe even opportunities on on your inside sales and sales development team, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm very active on the social channels, like most mostly LinkedIn. So like, please, please look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, reach out with a connection request. I'd love to continue the conversation with the audience. Uh, also, perhaps on Twitter 
um, at Gary D. Smith. And then also for folks maybe interested in learning more about the, the, the organization we're building here at Informatica, um, if, you, if you check out our website, informatica.com, and go to our recruiting page, uh, we actually have an inside sales, sales development landing page where you can check out some videos of our team and organization, really get a feel for the culture. And I'm happy to please reach out with any questions. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.